0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. He's a just God today. Praise the Lord. You're worthy, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. What a privilege it is to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And what an honor it is to together with you and worship with the people of God. Praise the Lord. How many is enjoying this series on seasons? Amen. This is already making an impact on my life and and study this week. This one here is just seems to This seems to fit me because I spend a lot of time here. We're going to talk about today seasons of famine. Seasons of famine. Our focus scripture this morning will be found in 1 Kings 17. We're going to begin reading with verse 1, and you can remain seated while you go there. And it is wonderful to see our lovely first lady here with us this morning. Between her and my lovely wife, there's just an angelic glow coming from that corner. You young boys, hang around, Brother Jerry, and I'll teach you how to stay out of the doghouse. First Kings 17 verse 1. Seasons of famine. And I believe with my whole heart that we can successfully navigate a season of famine or a, or a trial with God as our guide. Now, I know this may not be applicable to everyone. I'm I'm sure there's only a handful of us in here that go through trial and hardships. So for those of you who don't, it would be all right. Get out your iPad and your phone and If you want a Facebook, that's okay. But for those who have experienced droughts, I think that I've got something for us this morning from the Lord. 1 Kings 17 and 1, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, And turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the book. Of the brook. In September of 1944, the people of the Netherlands experienced a famine that was infamously recalled as the Dutch hunger Winter. And near the end of World War II, the German forces had cut off much of the needed food and supplies from the heavy populated western provinces of the Netherlands. The resulting famine impacted 4.5 million people. It is estimated that between 18,000 and 22,000 individuals died from malnutrition before relief from the war brought an end to that famine in the month of May of 1945. It is important to note that the Dutch did not struggle with malnutrition before or after this war or after this brief season of horrible hardship. Scientists have discovered through research through the years that even the Dutch hunger winner was not a long season, but the generation that followed was impacted by the repercussions of the famine. Some children born after this famine suffered neurological disorders, and it was because of this maternal malnutrition. The actress Audrey Hepburn was one of the more famous children forever altered by the Dutch hunger winner. Some suggest that her struggle later in life with clinical depression was due. To malnutrition. Famine, trials, hardship, even for a season, can have an impact and change forever anyone. Not just famine from the lack of food. I hope you understand that's not what we're referring to this morning, but a lack or a loss can have an irreparable impact on the life of not only ourselves, but those who are behind us. Jesus declared that God maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Loss and lack are just a part of life. We may not know starvation from food, any of us here in this house, but famine as a season of loss has affected us all. I'm quite confident of that this morning. Maybe it was an unexpected job loss resulting in months of, financial struggle. Maybe it was the loss of a loved one that perhaps sent you into a season of what seemed to be unending grief. But whatever it may be, the doubt or the recall of the seizing of sowing into the will of God, you may have given everything that you had to God. You may have been following the path that he laid before you. You may have been committed to the kingdom of God and you may have sowed into the kingdom of God only to experience an extended season where you never seem to reap anything. You do and do and do for God, but you seem to never get anything back. There may have been food on the table, but our hearts were parched from the dryness of spiritual rain. No growth and no harvest and no fruit in our life. It was my season of famine. It was your season of famine. It was our season to learn lessons of lack and loss. It was it was to learn what it's like not to have anything and everything that we want. In these seasons, we can often wonder, and it's, it's a natural emotion or a feeling to wonder, why, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had proven himself to be a God of provision, and he had abundance for the first family of faith. He had poured out his blessings on Abraham. Abraham had started on a journey and had no clue where God was taking him. He only knew that God promised him a promised land and promised him that he would be the fathers of many nations. And the birth of his son Isaac set this promise into motion. And after many years had passed, including Abraham himself passing and Isaac passing, here is Jacob. Here's a man who would never forget the the stories that his dad would tell of Mount Moriah. He would never forget how he heard of the voice of the angel of God calling from the fiery bush and the sacrifice being caught in the thicket. Without question, Jehovah Jireh had always seen the need and had always provided it. Of course... Jacob held his own glorious testimony as those of us who know the story. He had labored for his uncle Laban for 14 years only to find out that he was not the only one that, who could deceive. But he endured all while God had his back. Jacob stated in Genesis 31 and 7, he said, he changed my wages 10 times, but God suffered him not to hurt me. Even in the midst of trial, Even in the midst of hardship, if we stay faithful to God, he will have our back. Jacob's birthright and his blessing seemed to always go before him. There were setbacks. There were uncertainties. There were things that he endured that he did not have the answer for, but God always was faithful. None of his physical blessings, though, however, could pass that wrestling match he had at Bethel. Jacob's quest to know God. His desire, his passion had always been rewarded. It is not likely that Jacob entertained any false notion about his own spiritual superiority. see, Jacob knew his weaknesses. He knew where his faults lie. And his life was a case study. It is a case study of God's unmerited favor. And I remind us today that, and I respectfully say this, but you and I are here this morning and God owes us nothing. It is because of his unmerited favor that we find ourselves in this house today. It is because his grace and his mercy that we find our hearts washed pure and our lives filled with the Spirit of God. See, Jacob pursued his divine encounter with a passion. And that passion is what gave him power with not only men, but God. He enjoyed the abundance and he embraced transformation. Jacob seemed to relish in his part in God's purpose for his family. And God remained faithful to Jacob. But his ultimate plans for Jacob could never have been anticipated by Jacob himself. The Lord led Jacob from a season of overflow, from a season of abundance, from a, a season of a blessing. And he led him into a season of devastating loss. And through, though famine was on the horizon all the while, God was guiding Jacob. And he ultimately had a destiny and a plan for not only Jacob, but for Israel. And we, this morning, I believe, can learn from Jacob's passion for God and make it applicable in our own lives. If you don't have a passion for God this morning, I would strongly suggest that you pray for a passion. We we sing that song, Set a fire down in my soul. The word of the Lord tells us we have not because we ask not. I understand that we have jobs and families and responsibilities but every waking moment of our day should be on God. And what can I do for the kingdom of God? If we don't have that passion burning in us, if it is not instilled in us, and I, I suggest today that in your daily prayer life, uh, Brother Boyd talks about a list. Make a list and remind yourself to pray for passion for the kingdom of God. It was that passion that helped Jacob overcome his own weakness and shortcomings. And I can only speak for myself this morning, but I'm full of weaknesses, and I have a long list of shortcomings. But I'm confident that God can help me overcome them. When the famine struck, its blow was breathtaking. And this famine that I'm speaking of this morning is the loss and the, of, of Jacob's child, Joseph. See, when he received that bloody coat, where the Lord tells us that he cried out for his son. Jacob was advancing in years when Joseph was born, so he was already an elderly man, but his love for Joseph seemed to surpass all of his other children. And Joseph was only a teenager when his apparent life was taken and when the news came to Jacob of his death. And there was no way to comprehend uh, the sudden shock of This horrible heartbreak, the son that he admired, the son that he had placed on a pedestal was now gone. And we all know the rest of the story this morning. And for the sake of time, I will not go into it. But the news of Joseph's death had been perpetrated by bitter brothers. And years passed before Jacob ever even learned the truth. And you see, meanwhile, Jacob was still trusting in God, who does not always allow abundance. Even in the apparent death of a child, Jacob trusted in God. See, this was his season of famine. This was his season that... Serving God does not always bring blessings that shield us from lack and loss. And that's where so many saints of God sometimes gets altered or sidetracked because they believe that because they serve the Lord that all the things in life are just going to pass them by without affecting them. And that is not so, ladies and gentlemen. We live this life just like every other human being. The, the difference in us is, is we have the hope and the help of a God that will help us see us through. The scripture states that it was so extreme that Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son. Over two decades passed before Jacob received a word that Joseph was alive and that he was living and he was leading in Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted when he heard the news and the wagons that were filled with food that returned to Jacob was a confirmation and it was a conclusion that Jacob's season of famine his hunger winter if you will was over God had spoke confidence into the heart of this old patriarch as he journeyed to see his son Genesis records in chapter 46 and verse 3 that the Lord said, "He said I am God the God of thy father fear not to go down into Egypt for I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee in Egypt and I will also surely bring thee up again and Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. Similar words are penned there by the writer that were spoken to Abraham and so God's continual promise seems to flow down the generation from generation and that's why this morning if I could pause here and say how crucial, how crucial it is ladies and gentlemen that what you do today is going to make an eternal difference in those back there. They're watching, they're waiting, they're looking at how we handle adversity, and what we do today will have an impact on the future that follows us. We never read, you'll never read in the Word of God where the Lord spoke to Jacob during this season of famine. He grieved the loss of his son, and all the while, God remained silent. Jacob's faith is what sustained him until the Lord would reveal the reward for his faithfulness. And I wonder this morning how do we handle the silence of God during our season of famine? Do we doubt God? Do we get angry with God and frustrated with God and turn our backs on God? God, I've been asking for this. You don't seem to be hearing me, so what's the use? How do we handle those silent times? And it's so important to remain faithful. I I, I say this respectfully, but it has been hammered and hammered, if you've paid attention for the last few months across this pulpit, about prayer. And it is so important to stay faithful to prayer and the Word because a season of famine is coming. A season of silence is coming. It's inevitable. It will be in all of our lives. And if you wait till that season to decide to start praying, you're in trouble. You will not make it. It's, it's the before. It's the pre-attempt of prayer and the word establishing a base to build faith. Because without faith, ladies and gentlemen, we will not make this journey. That's why it's so often referred to as a step of faith or a journey of faith. Ironically, Joseph, when he was left for dead, he too, entered into his own famine or his own season of hunger. He was removed from his family. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and then falsely imprisoned. And he entered his own miserable hunger winter. His dreams and his purpose and his promise was now exchanged for prison bars. I'm quite sure when Joseph was dreaming, he never seen a pit. I'm, I'm quite sure he never seen a journey in the back of a wagon to Egypt and He never saw himself being sold on an auction block as a slave and He never saw himself imprisoned And sometimes we get a word from the Lord Or we get a vision Or we get a, we get a glimpse of where God wants to take us And sometimes we get our minds so wrapped around the good things that God is going to do And he is a good God He is faithful but we sometimes forget there's some things we can't have until we learn how to deal with some other things. And sometimes it's the season of famine or it's this trial or it's this hardship that is preparing you for what God wants to do. And then when we fail in that season and God don't give us what we desired, we wonder why. Well, I submit to us this morning. It's probably because we we couldn't help. We couldn't have handled that particular thing in our life. Somehow Despite the circumstances, he was determined to be found faithful, even in the little things. Ultimately, Joseph's faithfulness and faith in God brought him before Pharaoh, and God used a season of unmitigated famine to lead Joseph and Israel to a season of unsurpassed blessing. History reveals that Joseph's ability to conquer spiritual seasons of famine prepared him for Israel and for favor and for victory, see if God wouldn't have been shaping and molding and maturing Joseph, he would not have been able to sit at the right hand of Pharaoh and rule over egypt. He was so He was so excited or or, or so worth or so prepared for what God had made him for that in tri, in tribute to his triumph, he gave his Boys, two of his boys' names that reflected lessons that he had learned from God. Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh. For God said, he hath made me to forget all my toll. All my father's house. And the name of the second, he called Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. There are lessons that we can all learn for our own season of famine. Loss and lack. Hear me this morning. Loss and lack need not change our commitment to the Lord. Just because we don't have something or just because we don't give something should not be a reason to turn our backs on God. Rejoice. 1 Thessalonians tells us in chapter 5, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I open with a story of the historical Dutch hunger winner which stunted the growth of survivors. And spiritual hunger winners help us grow in our relationship with the Lord. It's hard to get our minds wrapped around that, that while we're facing adversity, we're growing. But it helps us grow forward in our relationship with the Lord and His plan for our lives. Seasons of famine are inevitable. They're coming. But we can be fruitful even in famine. Let us determine to grow through whatever we go through. I want you to pay special attention to that on the screen this morning. Let us determine to grow through whatever we go through. Everybody say this with me. I'm going to grow no matter where I go. Regarding this season of famine, Joseph proclaimed, you thought evil against me, but God meant it. Unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. So what many reading the story deem as tragedy and trial and hardship in Joseph's life. And he did have to endure some. Ultimately God was using him from a pur- for a purpose to save a whole nation. All of us have experienced the emotions that, that come with a trial. Say so my Lord am I having to go through this Again. Why? Why am I having to deal with this, God? We we cannot let our feelings dictate. See, it's loss and it's hurt and it's heartbreak. But we cannot let our feelings during this famine override our confidence in Jesus Christ. My grandmother years ago wrote on a little piece of paper, and Jennifer keeps it in her car. It says, don't let the noise of the storm drown out the voice of God. From time to time when I'm in her car, I look at that. Don't let the noise of the storm drown out the voice of God. The cares of this life can can weigh so heavy on us that sometimes we lose focus and we lose purpose of what God is trying to do. Yes, yes, I'm going through this. And yes, it feels like it's going to kill me. But I know, I know who my outcome is secure I'm going to make it through whatever I'm going through. This is only a season. And I know this is cliche and we get tired of hearing it. But this too shall pass. Meanwhile, we have to keep our mind made up, our heart fixed. For God is faithful. A season of blessing will come if we'll remain faithful through the season of famine. Hunger has a... Hunger has a way of helping us. As we endure our season of famine, we're apt to seek the Lord with a little more intensity when we need something. There are numerous distractions that come with a life that is full or even fed up, and there's something about needing something desperately that causes us to desperately need Jesus. Famine can bring clarity, or it can make things a little clear. It can allow us in our pursuit of God's purpose. Have you ever... You know, you've come, you're headed home from work. This may not apply to many women in here, but for men, and you, maybe you worked through lunch or, you know, had a light lunch, and you headed home, and you just, you're starving. And you know there's supper at home, but I roll into town, and I see those golden arches. And I go to thinking about them chicken McNuggets. And them's the best chicken McNuggets in the world. I don't care if they did scrape them up off the floor. They and you dip them in ranch dressing and that ride on 349 home eating them chicken nuggets and that big gulp Coca-Cola and I get home and begin my journey (laughs) begin my journey to the back porch and I begin to smell fried cube steak macaroni and cheese mashed potatoes and cornbread and that sweet savor then starts to turn sour because I'm so full. I'm so full of what the world had to offer. And it's the same way. I know we're laughing this morning, but it, it's, the, it's the same way when we get full of the world. It, it may taste good for a little while, but none of it compares to the spread where the saints of God are fed. Without a season of famine, we become overweight. Hear me. Without a season of famine, we become overweight with what the world has to offer. Many times we don't even realize how much of the world we are really eating. And all the while, our hunger for the word and our hunger for prayer starts to fade away. That's why the writer said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Famine will clear the table and it will clear our mind to seek for Jesus, who is the only one who can satisfy the soul. It was a Personal season of famine that led the prodigal son to come to himself and return home sin and rebellion and I hope everybody understands this this morning sin and rebellion are not the only items on the menu that can pull us away from God sometimes just an appetizer of busyness sometimes it's a main course of materialism sometimes it's just a dessert of distraction that can lead us on a journey a long way from where God has intended us to go. We must learn to thank God for every hunger winner that comes our way and creates a hunger to have more of Jesus. Jesus endured a season of famine himself that was self-induced. And after 40 days without food and wilderness, even he was tempted to turn stones into bread. And it is no wonder he came out of his hunger winner in the power of the Spirit. See, famine did then for the Son of God what it does now for the children of God. When we have to go through something and seek God, we come out on the other side full of the Spirit. Famine will equip and it will empower us to seize upon the next season of satisfaction that God has prepared for those who trust Him. No wonder the writer said in Hebrews 4 and 15 that in all points... In all points tempted like as we are yet without sin, he was. He became the proof. Jesus became the proof that seasons of trouble, if we remain faithful, will always lead to seasons of triumph. The Dutch hunger Winter was brought out by the darkness of a world war. And it's important for us to know this morning that the confrontation between Jesus and the devil came as the result of a drought or a season of famine. The Apostle Paul stated that he was instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer. And this is the kind of spiritual training that the Lord gives all of us so that we can boldly stand flat-footed and say, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. As our musicians come this morning, Elijah was called to prophesy his own season of famine. Elijah's name itself means Yahweh or Jehovah is my God. What a witness to King Ahab who was a worshiper of Baal that Elijah's God could stop the rain for three years and six months. For his testimony to prove true, however, Elijah needed his faith and his God. To sustain him in this season of famine. Because you see, Elijah just didn't prophesy a season of famine for Ahab. Elijah had to go through this famine also. And God used ravens to supply Elijah with food early on, and he camped by a brook and while it still had water flowing. And he waited every morning and every evening for his food to come. And water was plentiful. And but eventually, since there was no water in the land, this brook dried up. And that's when God spoke to Elijah again and and he expects us God expects us to stay faithful in what he has already provided whatever God's give you right now hold on to that trust in that and stay faithful until he provides something else and in due season in due season famines have a way of making us sensitive to the voice of God when we go through something when we're experiencing something we, we tend to want to lean more and listen to what God has to say and Thus Elijah was directed to Zarephath and there a widow was summoned by the Lord to sustain Elijah. See, for Elijah this was an upgrade. Birds had been feeding him. Now God was going to allow a woman to feed him and this was an opportunity also for God to show one more time his power. And as she was directed by Elijah, her obedience, because Elijah obeyed the voice of God, Now, God is in somebody else's life that has the opportunity to obey His word and receive their own miracle. Hear this. If you don't hear nothing I say today, hear these closing comments that our faithfulness during seasons of famine can open doors for our faith to impact others. Our faithfulness, our faithfulness during seasons of famine can help us open the doors of faith to impact others. Keep coming to church. Keep worshiping in the house of the Lord. No matter how rough it gets, no matter how tough it gets, you you keep doing what God has instructed you to do. He's going to see you through this. And because of this, somewhere down the line, some lost soul is going to come through that door that's going to need some help. And because you stayed faithful, because you listened to the voice of God, and because you continued steadfast in the kingdom, you you will have that testimony to impact the life of someone else. Elijah, because he stayed faithful, he came through this season of famine and he was poised and ready to turn an entire nation back to the Lord. He built an altar. He cried out to God for the fire to fall. And that's when all of Israel could declare that the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The false prophets of Baal were defeated and destroyed after three years and six months of drought in this famine. And Elijah declared to King Ahab, and we all know these words from the writer in 1 Kings 18 and 41, there is a sound of abundance of rain. In the New Testament, James referred to this miracle in Elijah's life and he noted that Elijah was a human. My goodness, ain't that (laughs) eye-opening. Elijah was a human being just like us. But his prayers were powerful. See, a season of drought or a season of famine can take an ordinary saint and give them extraordinary faith. And I hope that some way, somehow, that has been conveyed today that our, that as we face seasons of famine, that we that we have faith in our lives, because see, just like us, Elijah was a human, he was a man, but God used him in supernatural ways and what what made Elijah so powerful, what made him be able to do? great things for God in the kingdom of God. Was it because there was an S on his chest? No. Because he stayed faithful to prayer. He stayed faithful to a God that promised him he would never leave him nor forsake him. And as we stand across this house this morning, if we as a congregation, and I know this sounds repetitive and this has been echoed across this desk for 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 years but I truly believe this with all my heart and I have felt this so strongly in prayer on more than one occasion and I'm not, I'm not here to suggest this morning that we are, we are not pushing forward so please don't misunderstand me and please don't think that I'm implying that we are not seizing the opportunities that God has set before us but I believe that God has opened this, this great door For this church. I'm not talking about the United Pentecostal Church International. I'm talking about Hatchpin Apostolic Church. And I have seen God through prayer. And and I, I, I see God almost commanding us. Asking us if we will to step through this door. Step into what he has for us. Again, I'm not implying by no stretch of the imagination that we're not pushing forward to God. But we've got to understand that when the power of God begins to move in our services, when the waters are troubled, we've got to jump in the pool. We can't allow the enemy, we can't allow our flesh to dictate how we worship God or how we respond to the Spirit of God. But we've got to move when God says move. And I I believe with my whole heart that God's ready to bring people lost souls into into this house and he's preparing us we may be in a season of famine but I'm confident in this one thing that God is preparing and shaping and molding some people in this house to be prepared for the harvest that comes as we lift our hands across this house can we ask God to make our hearts and our minds available to him Father we love you